Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, given the Rona, we are doing our first ever, what do you call this? Stream? No. <laughs> I um, guess it's like a stream. It's not really a... Uh... We're doing a Zoom Zoom podcast. Yeah. Category is party. I'm good you know it's I'm an introvert and I'm also a homebody so you know staying home and not bothering not dealing with people is fine with me so yeah. but I, I do um, like that when you do go out it's like less people on the street there's you know not that many people around everyone is you know pretty much practicing the social distancing. So that's good. That is good. Yeah, yeah. But I'm having a blast. I'm loving it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, surprisingly, I'm an introverted extrovert. Mm -hmm. So I like to be around people. I get my energy from being around people. But I'm also very selective about the people that I'm around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So this entire, I think I've been now quarantined for today's my eighth day. So I'm actually doing okay still. I don't know okay. how a week from now. Mm-hmm. But so far so good. Like I'm just enjoying okay. the time to like be away from people and their energy and focus on myself and do all the things that I've always wanted to do that I kinda like appreciate. <laughs> it's only been a week, Chad. So I've been here reading books. I've been in here reviewing my birth chart learning more about astrology, mm-hmm. you know, I've been taking care of my plants, <laughs> living my life. I mean, so far. It's a much needed break. It's like a reset. Uh-huh. A reset. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yes. So this is a little bit different for us. <laughs> it's, it's weird being like, not across the table in the studio. I know. Yeah, but it's cool. We're going to make it work. Yep, make it work. We're going to do, do, do the right. best that we can. With we're what all we got. together. We're social distancing. Yes. We're not spreading the Rona. We're together apart. Or apart together. Which one is it? I don't know, child. Oh, know. Yeah. All right, so what you drinking tonight? Child, I'm drinking what I have access to. We've <laughs> 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 shut down the liquor stores. At least in All the liquor stores. That's right. horrible. That is horrible. Because, you know what? I'm drinking a prototype Cabernet. I have the sun okay. shining. You know, I'm finding the light. With um, your face. Yeah, but this is a really good Cabernet, actually. It's called Prototype. Okay. You are the prototype. It's good. No wow. second. I'm sorry. You know, I think everything. <laughs> what are you drinking? So we had some red wine that was open. And so since we're trying to ration out what we got, I didn't want to open a bottle of white. You so, are drinking red wine? Yes. Oh, in my coming to an end. <laughs> it is. That's We're almost there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's a red wine. I'm not even sure what kind it is, but it's it'll do. Okay. Yeah. I'm drinking it in my category is... Oh, yes. Cup. Oh, you took them from the stew? Oh, I have extra. I have more. 
But he's extra. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm about to get your sister-in-law to make me some. You know, especially since our birthday's coming up. Yeah, she can. Let me know. Okay. Yep, I will let her know. I'll let her know. We'll be spending all the time on the um, oh. internet. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. She'd be like in my daily songs. Oh, on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hop into this week's categories. It's time for category. Category is. All right. What is the first one? So just some quick updates from election 2020. We finally, well, we got one dropout, not the one people were hoping for or waiting for. Um, Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii. Um, who had the weirdest run so far, I think. Like, she stayed in a lot longer than people who are actually viable. Right. She had, she had like, two delegates uh, total. She didn't even win American Samoa, which is where she's from. Boobar um, won that. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, she had zero momentum. She had no chance in hell of winning, but I mean, hey, she stayed in, but she dropped out and she immediately endorsed Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah, which was surprising because people were saying, you know, she's the Russian asset and she's um, probably gonna run as a third party candidate uh-huh. and challenge Biden in some kind of way. But, you know, with that endorsement, she effectively, you know, canceled that. So. Good. I mean, good for her, I guess. But I don't know. Everybody's waiting for Bernie to drop out, so he just needs to. You know, I am crazy because over the weekend, I got a um, text message from someone in Carolyn, and she said, "Hi, Justin. I'm Carolyn with Bernie 2020. The coronavirus pandemic has underscored the essential need for Medicare for all. Bernie's been fighting for this his entire adult life. Blah 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 blah." Can Bernie count on you for your support? Nope. So I responded, no, he cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you got my number, but sis, I'm supporting Biden. Thank you and good night. (laughs) So I was just upset because I actually signed up and volunteered to be a um, Biden like supporter to do phone calls, canvassing. Mm -hmm. I was on a canvas in the time of the Rona. Biden don't even text message me. So I don't know how these right. people got my phone number and thought they need to text me. Yeah. It's I haven't gotten any of those text messages. Thank God. No, he needs to drop out. It's time. Just yeah. Yeah. Me. And like we don't have the time to wait, because you know now they're postponing the primaries. So they're moving the ones that were April, they're moving them all the way to June. Right. And then the Democratic convention was supposed to be in July. <sighs> and it's like, girl, we don't, we don't have time to waste. Right. It's, like, it's just drop out. You know, you had a good run. This hopefully will be your last time running for president. So I get you're trying to, like, you know, make it last <laughs> forever. But, girl, we got more things. Yeah. We got more important things. But maybe the Rona will take him out anyway. So. Right. All right. <laughs> I mean, he is he is in the uh, at risk category. Exactly, but did you see he popped off on that reporter? No. So Bernie missed um, a vote, the procedural vote for like the trying to get the um, funding for um, what are they calling it? 
uh, I forget, but they're trying to give the people the money, basically. Uh And so he missed the vote. Didn't show up, but instead, at the same time, he was hosting a live chat with AOC and um, Talib and Omar. Oh, so he got his priorities out of uh, of whack. All the way fucked up. Mm -mm -mm. But, girl, bye. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah. Well, in other news, we're moving on to the next category. Are you done with Bernie? Because I'm in Tulsa. I'm done. I've been done with him. I feel like well, you can talk more to the next category, but I just want to introduce this. <laughs> I like a good follow-up. Last week, we talked yeah. about uh, former gubernatorial candidate in Florida, uh, Andrew Gillum. Well, more information has since uh, I don't even want to say leaked, but more information has <laughs> since we last spoke to you guys last week. Yeah. Uh, the images, did you see the photograph that has surfaced? I did. I did. I can't unsee that. Booty naked. I wanted to see more, to be quite frank. <laughs> they, they have a really good courtesy of blurring out the privates, because I wanted to see what uh, Mr. Gillum was working with. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody is, and it'll be only be a matter of time before the uncensored version comes out. But <laughs> I guess you were this close to being governor of Florida, like yeah, a pretty important state. I don't get why, but it is. Well, and yeah, you are half out a face on a toilet on a dirty motel linoleum tile floor. Which is shit. Butt ass naked. Butt-ass, yeah. Butt ass naked like the day you was born. Yeah. Shocking. Well, the pictures were shocking, yes. But then when I look at the pictures more and more, uh-huh. uh I I don't know. Like people are saying he got set up, like it was part of the setup. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Because I think mm-hmm. If you look at the pictures, because, you know, when it first came out, they said that they had, um, it was like police, um, um, like body cam images and stuff like that. Right. But when you look at the pictures with him naked on the floor, there was like a pair of like bare feet, like right beside him. And then if you look a little closer, one of the feet was like standing on his hand. Ooh. Yeah. What was on the <laughs> it wasn't by Agra. I don't know what it was, but and that was another thing because if like the room looked a little too disheveled to me, like who would like take open the pills and then just scatter them everywhere? Yeah, like even if you were in that moment, you might you know spill a couple, but you're not going to be like right. all over the place like that. And yeah, so just the him laying on the floor, like the person standing over him, and like the way the pills and stuff were set up, it was like, okay. The scene looked a little contrived to me. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was a setup because I think he went there willingly. I think he went there under his own volition. He left under his own volition. So, you know, I don't know how he got home if it was Uber or, because I hope he wasn't driving in that <laughs> in that state. But, um, huh? He claimed that he drove from whatever wedding he was at 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think it was that because then you would have like camera footage of them like dragging him up out of that kidnapped van from the garage or like something. So I don't think it was a setup. I think some shit went down and then the escort or that third guy, the old man, the pimp. either, yeah, they either took some pictures to like, okay, so if something come out, bam, I got you. You know, it's like a, a, a covered their ass thing. But I think the police were called. He uh-huh. called her. Right. Right. But couldn't because he was incapacitated, right? Apparently. So, that's just crazy to me. But yeah. He definitely got some bad shit. Yeah, that's most likely what happened. But it looked like they had been in that room for a while. A minute. <laughs> so it wasn't like I came after the wedding and the wedding and, you know, it already looked like that. I think they had been there for a while. Right. And, you know, like, it looked like a really shitty motel, too. Like, it wasn't even, like... Apparently, it's a nice hotel, though. Was it? It's, like, over $200 a night. Oh, so it's, like, better than the Hyatt? Yeah. Oh. It's oh. better than the Marriott, the place to get got. Ooh, the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sure did get got. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some updates since you've been experiencing the Rona. How have yes. you been? I've been great. Great. You know, we kind of already covered that in our updates. Yeah. I have been um, working out a lot. I have so at much- home. Yeah, at home. That mm-hmm. order. I went like two weeks ago. I kind of saw that shit was going to hit the fan. And I went and got like weights. I got like a stability ball, medicine balls. Uh-huh. And I like all like the elastic, you know, resistance band straps. Uh, yeah. I got, I ordered like an um, ab roller. I got so much fucking gym equipment. Hundreds of dollars. That's crazy. Um, but I think just working out helps to keep me centered. It's not only good for my physical, but also for my mental health. Okay. So almost every day. But I kind of justify it. Like, I don't go as hard as I go in the gym because I just can't because I don't have okay. kind of, I don't have a squat rack. Mm-hmm. But I've been working out every day. I've been meditating more. I've been reading a lot more. I'm reading like three different books right now, which is kind of crazy. And I've been watching a lot of freaking TV. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Have you been watching TV more? I have. Like I've been, um, like you said, work, well, I've been working from home. So, you know, that's, that takes up during the day. Right. And, um, but what I have been doing to like break that up is every like 30 minutes or every um, hour you do mm-hmm. something different. So, um, at the bottom of the hour, you do like squats, or at the top of the hour, you do push-ups. And the bottom then, of the hour, like one thirty. Yeah, like thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's the and bottom the of the top, hour? <laughs> and then the top, you know, like twelve o'clock, one o'clock. Um, so I've been doing that, and then um, also, you know, I have been watching like a, some new TV shows for mm-hmm. me, just to like, you know. Caught up on the Housewives of Atlanta. I can't. I am so over them bitches. I can't even. I mean, I'm only done with like Nini because I think she's a little bit too much and a bit too toxic for toxic. the cast. Yeah, yeah. It's almost um, sad to see how like she's disintegrated and fallen. To that, yeah. Because I get like she's the original, you know, 
cast member and she's been there the longest but it's it's almost like like she calls other women the bullies but i'm like you're really the bully really and truly and she doesn't yeah. have accountability I just, I, for anything I show leaves me feeling icky so okay. i just stopped watching it what i am looking very much forward to is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because that's my second favorite franchise. Ooh, favorite franchise. And they're adding a black bitch. Finally, Garcelle Beauvais. Yes. <laughs> uh, Frenchie. No, Fancy. Fancy from Jamie Foxx. Yeah, from Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited for her to do. Uh-huh. I am too, because I don't really know what she's done outside or in a long time. Like, I know she has the twins, so the twins should be old by now. Yeah, the twins are like Britney Spears' kids' age. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so I guess she got divorced from, or was she even married to the guy, the French guy? Um, I don't think they were married. They were just being very French about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm a, but yeah, I'm excited to see, like, what, um, what they bring. I think I like uh, Beverly Hills because they will just add the new chicks and they don't try to make it seem like they're actual friends, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, because they added, um, like, Lisa Renna, and then they had the, the lady from um, Young and the Restless was on there once a couple seasons. Yeah, and Charlie. Eileen, Denise Richards. Richards is on there, too. Yeah, yeah. So. Erica James, not Yeah, <laughs> she is. She's the game what they want. But yeah, I've been watching, um, besides Housewives, which I haven't mm-hmm. been watching, I've been going hard, hardcore into Netflix. So yeah. I watched this one show. It's kind of like a reality show, but it's more like a social experiment called 100 Humans. And I haven't seen it. I've only read like the premise and I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you would like it. It's so up my alley because it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like social experiment, sociology, mm-hmm. and they basically pull like 100 humans and they do all these tests on, like, you know, attractiveness, sex drive, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. implicit bias when it comes to race, gender issues. Right. And it reveals a lot about society using this control group or this experimental group of 100 people and then the control mm-hmm. non-control groups or whatever. So it was somewhat scientific, but, like, the hopes are not scientists at all. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Okay. And if something you can watch in the background, it doesn't need your undivided attention. Okay. How many but episodes? It, like Netflix has this new thing where it's like the top ten shows. Yeah, and, yeah. And last week I noticed that like the top in the top ten was like Contagion, Pandemic, which I, I watched in January. And that's mm-hmm. what kind of got me hit to the whole Rona is gonna hit us shit hard. Mm-hmm. And also Outbreak. I'm like, why are people watching the shit that we're living? Like yeah. I didn't get that. And I, then it Art imitates life. Huh? Art imitates life. Right. But then it dawned on me, people aren't watching this shit for entertainment. People are watching this shit for tips. People yeah. want to know what to do <laughs> right. when shit hits the fan, hits the fan. Hits the fan. Was, was Doomsday Preppers on there? Doomsday wasn't, but 2012 was on there, I think. So oh. The title is like a, of like a new feature. But, okay. Uh, it was Pandemic was on there, which is more educational because it's a documentary. Uh-huh. Like the, the fiction was Outbreak and Contagion. Yeah. That's so oh, funny. Mess. I did not watch any of those, but I will be watching because I also need chips. 
<laughs> but then again, I'm like, do I want to survive the apocalypse? I don't know that I do. But that's a whole other question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but besides that, I did watch um, Self Made. You did? I wish I didn't, because that's four hours of my life I cannot get back. You didn't like it? Terrible. Um, okay. Um, Self Made, if you don't know, is a, this, it's like a four part series about Madam C.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. and basically how she grew her hair care and hair product empire and became the richest black woman or richest woman in America during her time. Mm -hmm. um, played by Octavia Spencer. Mm -hmm. And I was more interested in the underlying storyline of her lesbian okay. daughter, played by Tiffany Haddish. No? But I she ruins everything. Tiffany Haddish in Girls Trip in a period piece. And nah, I see. it was terrible. Tiffany Haddish is the worst. I just couldn't okay. imagine her. She took so much away from it for me. Uh -huh. Additionally, I think artistically, they played like a lot of like current hip hop music. And I like that though, because they did that in um, Underground. Really? Yeah, so it kind of like freshens it a little bit to me. I get that. I know that the director of this. Uh, self-made with Casey Lennon. She's also the director of Harriet, which I did not yeah, see. Yeah, I agree. Um, but to me, I just want something, I'm a little more traditional, give me the old Negro spiritual, give me something that immerses mm -hmm. myself in the time. And mm -hmm. then there was also like these cutaways because there was this one woman who was uh, Madam C.J. Walker's like rival, if you will. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And they kept like doing these asides and these like takeaways into them in a boxing ring. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting it. It was just artistically, it didn't jive with me. I think that Madam C.J. Walker deserves something better. Um, I didn't like it. Okay, I no. saw the um, the trailers and I read some articles about it. And initially, I was excited to um, see it because you know, watching a lot of Netflix, you know, it's like up there and they have like the trailer. You can see that, and but then. I realized that they were playing like the colorism up a bit too much. They were. And so Addie, who was the rival, right. um, they have a light skinned black woman in that role. And the real life Annie Malone, who is the real life um, Addie Monroe, I think was her name, they uh -huh. changed it to in self-made but she was a dark-skinned woman right and she actually was the creator of the i don't know how much they got into this into the in the the movie but she was um the creator of madam cj walker's formula the hair growth yeah right and cj madam cj walker stole it from her and created her own thing so um i wish it would have been more about like that and not so much about the colorism because then it just becomes the Jigaboos versus the wannabes from, <laughs> from school right. days. And Madam C.J. Walker and good was, and bad hair. Madam C.J. Walker was a medium skin brown woman. I don't think mm -hmm. that in real life she was actually lighter than the real life Addie. No, they were the same complexion. Same complexion? Yeah, and the colorism thing a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so but it's an inaccurate representation of history, and I feel like there's a duty to have an accurate representation. Right, especially when it's something about someone who is so pivotal to um, black culture. 
And then black hair is such a nuanced kind of thing that it's a major thing. Yeah, but you can't just say light skin versus dark skin, good hair versus bad hair in air quotes, and then make it seem like that is the whole story. Like there's so much more to the story in that. Like a lot more nuance, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But one show that I'm captivated by. Um, mm-hmm. This year, I talked about um, "Don't Fuck with Cats." Yeah, this is so much better than "Don't Fuck with Cats" because it's not as like global of an mm-hmm. issue, and it doesn't take place on the internet like our lives do now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a show. It's our documentary four-part series called "Tiger King." Okay. Oh, bitch! I was like, oh, this is number one on Netflix. Should I watch it? Like, why are people watching it? Then I got Kim Kardashian it. tweeted about it. And did she? Yeah, she did. Wow. You know, I don't follow her, but it's a good show. She got a good taste with this one. Because it's just about this guy in Oklahoma who has like this roadside zoo. So it's about this other woman. Her name's Carol Basket. And um, she like claims to rescue the big cats, but then she doesn't. Them. And she's also profiting. And it's about like the rivalry. But then there's like sex and there's drugs and the one guy's gay and he has two husbands and he lives in Oklahoma and the other lady like allegedly murdered her husband he disappeared it is so so juicy that's too much it's it's entertaining as fuck and I I loved it I loved it that was the best thing I've watched so far that's too much but you know I'm too much (laughs) (laughs) you are Besides that, you know, are there any Corona-related updates that you've had? Olympics is canceled. I know. Or postponed, I should say. Postponed. Postponed to sometime before 2021. Well, they said at the earliest, so it could be even later than that. That's true. Which makes no sense because the Winter Olympics is in 2022, and then the schedule is just going to get messed up. Yeah, it's going to be a lot because there's some athletes who compete in both the winter and the summer, although they're in the minority. Yeah, but still. But then can you imagine you have to train for like another year? That's insane. Yeah. And. But at the same time, like what we don't need is like this is a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. You see it spread from like November up until now from like the east to the west. Yeah. What we don't need is like to get this bitch under control and then get all the world-class athletes from all over the world back together in the Olympic Village and be starting mm-hmm. to come all over again. But it, it, it should wait. It needs to wait. Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like some of the, a lot of the cancellations are, they might be a bit premature. Like, by July, what if we got this thing all the way figured out? But I just right yeah. in, in the way 45 action ain't going to happen. <laughs> That's true. Well, he said he's trying to get the country back open by Easter. Since that's in three weeks. <laughs> right. Easter is, is the 12th. Is right. Open? Come on. Yeah, like that ain't happening. But I just, like they canceled school for the rest of the year in a lot of states. But yeah, but it also, the slow response of the government is very concerning. It's very upsetting. Yeah. The fact that we are having fashion houses step in. I mean, the fact that we're about to have masks, but make it fashion. Yeah, it's crazy. Christian Siriano is making masks. Mm -hmm. Project Runway winner. 
And <laughs> <laughs> you watch the finale? I watched up until they had like the final four, and then you know they have that in between episode yeah. where they like go to their homes and like do that. Yeah. I didn't want to watch that, so I skipped that week, and then I just never got back. So yeah, Christian Siriano, he, you know, designs a lot for. He's all about inclusivity and like size, um, body positivity. So he designs for like a lot of the plus size women in Hollywood. Um, he designed that heavy uh, velvet tuxedo gown for your boy oh yeah um, the tuxedo gown by billy porter yeah and um so he said that he was going to step in because the n95 mask the respirator mask um which is 3m like the major manufacturer or are they the only manufacturer of those? i think that my understanding was that trump was trying to cut an exclusive deal with 3m to be the man oh, and okay. the respiratory mask mm-hmm. So Christian said that he would step in. He has a lot of, um, you know, his workers, he wants to keep them employed and, and, you know, paid. And so he was, and they're working from home. So he wanted them to, um, to make the masks. Mm -hmm. And so he reached out to, I think, um, Cuomo, the governor of New York. Um, and then they're going to be making a bunch of the masks for, for the people. So that's a good thing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to have like designs on them? Are they going to be like bedazzled? <laughs> Glittered. Yeah. Real creams. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be given like the basic mask. No, it's going to be fashion, darling. Fashion. But I'm sure have fun. Yeah. Yes, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he's a good guy. I really do like him. Yeah, and it gives him a lot of good press, too. It does. 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 He's smart. He's smart, but also a philanthropist. Yes. And he got a new boyfriend. He do got a new boyfriend. Who's kind of cute? (laughs) He's a much better upgrade than that last one. Mm-hmm. Look at that bowl cut. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, let's get into a realist topic, and I think it's very real for all of us. Um, Let's talk about mental health mm-hmm. and just the effects of social distancing and how dealing with the Rona has been for you <laughs> and me. Yeah, and everybody. Yes. Um, for me personally, it has been an adjustment. Um, I am a social person. I like to be out and about. I don't know if you like to mix and mingle with people, but I like to run these streets. Um, you do. I like to be around people, but I think that knowing and at least being able to intellectualize that we're in this crisis, I'm just really trying to be positive and look at the silver lining mm-hmm. and, and not focusing on what's outside of my control, right? Right. And for me, that's bringing me a lot of calmness because it's like, you know what? This is happening. This is real. I can't control it. But what can I control? I can control my bedroom where I sleep. Oh. So we'll stop. No, not that. Look up to stop. Not with the moment. But like I've been making my bed more, my closet breaking, <laughs> my laundry's always did. Um I can control Because of the Rona? Yes, because I'm home oh, wow. all day. I'm working for home. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's just like I stay on top of those things. Like my space mm-hmm. is super pristine. So now I only allow myself to watch 30 minutes of news per day. Okay. That's a good amount. So I'm like, you know, I try to do it midday when they have those, like, those little press conferences. Oh, I hate those. But those are the worst. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, so I don't watch the news in general. I didn't watch it before. And now is definitely not the time to start. So um, I watch a lot of Food Network, a lot mm-hmm. of HGTV. So I can tell you anything that's going on <laughs> on those channels. But, um, you know, just trying to stay a little bit more abreast. Like I do uh, watch those. I try to watch those news briefings every day. But it's just like, what is he going to lie about today? What is he going to exaggerate what is he you know gonna not tell the truth about and so that's one thing and then when i try to watch the regular news it's just so sensationalized that i just can't do it and i know that um the people like to stay informed they got a lot of time on their hands right now so they want to get the latest information but the sensationalism and not that they're reporting the facts inaccurately it's that they are providing misleading information. Right. Um, and so like the sound bites and the, the headlines are, they're not, it's not that they're wrong, it's just that they're misleading. And it creates a sense of anxiety in people because they, you know, are just caught up on the number and, oh, the rates doubled overnight in whatever area. Okay, that could be, it went from one case to two cases. That's a doubling, you know, out of, you know, 100,000 people, uh, half a million people. But when they just hear that, oh, it doubled, it's every, you know, everybody's just, people just, the news isn't presented in a way that is, you know, accurate. Right. And with a level of, you know, not compassion, but responsibility, like, Okay, let's give people the rates, you know, let's explain it in a way that is understandable and let's listen to what we're saying and see how that is affecting people's mental, (laughs) you know, because a lot of people, and I felt bad, I didn't really, it didn't really hit me until I talked to um, my friend Mark in Toronto and, you know, he's a single guy. Yeah, you know, Marky, he, um, he's a single guy, so he lives by himself. And, you know, he's social distancing from work. You know, he has to work from home. And, you know, I didn't realize how much that can impact someone. Because if you're used to going to work every day, you know, you don't live with a significant other or a roommate or a parent or, you know, anyone else to, like, just talk to, then, and you're just confined to, like, your one, your single space, you know, that can take a toll on a lot of people. It can. Yeah. So we're social beings by nature, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. it has been tough for many, but yeah, I'm just hoping that, like, you know, I'd rather like let's just buckle down and do what we have to do now and let it be tough, so that in we can get a handle on this sooner and resume our normal lives right. all the time. Right. And I think that people who aren't taking the social distancing and the quarantine and the lockdown seriously. Mm-hmm they have to really understand that they're only like kicking the ball further down the line for when we as a whole society and we'll be able to move. Yeah. 
from them. Like those, those kids in Florida. If I get oh. coronavirus, I get coronavirus. It's not going to stop me from partying. Girl, like you can party yeah. next year. You, like, right. you, got, you got the rest of your life to drink Natty Ice. <laughs> and be drinking Nicolos, yeah. No, come on. Come yeah. on. Like, you don't want to take that back to your granny. Right. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's just the things that I've been focusing on are the things, again, like I said, I can control. Watering my plants. I've been cooking my ass off. Um, great, great meals I've been eating. I've been eating very well. Okay. What? <laughs> Does she know I can cook? You got to chill the cheese curds before you fry them. Okay, stop. That's the first time <laughs> I'm going to make them again tomorrow. Okay. I made cheese curds, fried cheese curds. And I made them in the air fryer as well, can I say? Oh, okay. Because, you know, I'm trying to still keep this body snatched. We're not doing it. Hey, the summer is still coming. Summer is still coming. I'm going to be on the beach <laughs> with my uh, bikini bottoms and a face mask. Catch me. Okay. okay. I'll be in my speedo on the beach or at the new you beach. You get that B-Stivious. <laughs> oh, remember, I, you I still, still have that. Yes, I do. I still got my B-Stiviano mask. It's going to come in here. Okay. I'll be on the beach butt naked in my B-Stiviano and a, and a face mask. Respirator. <laughs> but, I mean, for me, again, it's just working out, meditating, journaling, right. naps. Can I also say the power of naps? I have been a little bit stressed. I am someone who suffers from anxiety, and my naps have increased. I just take midday nap. Every day around 1 o'clock, I take about a nap until 2. Uh-uh, Younger the Restless is on. <laughs> I got to see what Victor Newman talking about. Mm-mm-mm. Well, let's hop on to the next thing of the show. It's time for... I, I said... What I, what I said. It's so hard to do it in syncopation. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> Who's going first? You or me? Uh, you should go first. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, so my I said what I said this week goes to uh, issue um, that you were talking about a little bit earlier regarding a lot of misinformation. And um, it kind of goes back to earlier last week. I think it was probably about last Tuesday, so my first day of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, forgive me. I'm like, I'm like hey, because I need a haircut. My barber's doing a, ho- a house call uh, tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in Philadelphia locally, um, there was a lot of issue, because we have a new police commissioner who I gave tents to a few weeks ago. You did, yes. Outlaw, and she was recently appointed, still very new, first year in her position. Last week, there was on the social medias and on the internet, there was a paragraph that was excerpted, I guess, or like just kind of screenshotted from a three page, which was a leak from an internal memo within the Philadelphia Police Department that was giving a new protocol on how to handle arrests in the age of the corona. People mm-hmm. have to understand, this is a highly contagious, communicable, infectious disease and virus, rather, that can spread, it can live on surfaces. I touch this glass, you touch it, and you go touch it off your eye, you got it. Boom, like it's highly contagious. And you have to think about the implications that it has for our jail system, the prison system, and our mm-hmm. law enforcement. It affects mm-hmm. everything. I don't even touch money no more. 
Um, it's dirty. I told y'all that a long time ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, go ahead. But so there was a three-page memo giving the new protocol for how police were to handle interactions with the public and how they were to handle arrests specifically for nonviolent crimes. And it enumerated the nonviolent crimes within the memo, and it said that you are to make an arrest, you are to gather that person's information, you are not to book them, meaning fingerprint them and put them in jail, but you're then supposed to release them, and then they will follow up with a bench warrant for a future date, and then they will have proceedings to prosecute those individuals for the specific crimes that they committed during the times of Verona. Mm-hmm. But, <coughs> oh. Excuse me, the shade room. I don't know if the shade room picked it up from this specific journalist, and I say journalist in air quotes, or this person in Philadelphia, but there was in one paragraph from a three-page memo that was excerpted saying, we will not make a rest, and it, it enumerated the crimes. And the, this journalist, so-called journalist, perpetuated this information and was trying to cause a public safety panic on top of a public health pandemic and mm-hmm. actual panic. You don't need both at the same time. Right. We can have people worried about the police protecting the communities and be worried about just going to the grocery store being deadly, right? Like, right. don't incite fear, don't incite panic. That's very dangerous and it costs not only people's lives, but it also costs money and resources. Right. And this particular journalist willfully, negligently, perpetuated misinformation to the public. It was picked up by the shade room and then thrown across the internet. So much so that the Daniel Outlaw, the police commissioner, had to come out on that Tuesday and get a press conference to state that this information had been leaked and that the information was false and not presented mm. in its entirety. So it was, a, it was a purposeful misrepresentation of what her protocol was in order to protect not only her officers, but inmates because you cannot once you get into the jail system that presents a whole nother problem now you're going to get state and federal um lawsuits because when you're in state custody they're, they're responsible for your health you can't have people in prison getting the wrong so well harvey is, weinstein got it well child <laughs> but we'll put him on a 14-day quarantine and his ass can take his ass to jail okay Basically. and he'll be resistant to it it's like the chicken pox allegedly but should I even name this person? You know, I'm just gonna say it because he's a public figure. He's a journalist, and I'm gonna hold this person to their capacity as a journalist. But this is a journalist in Philadelphia. He's I respect him to a certain level, but I I I lost some respect this past week. His name is Ernest Owen. You can find him. He's a writer and contributor for Philadelphia Magazine and other publications. I respect a lot of the work that he does as a fellow Black gay man. I do respect what he does. I respect him in his capacity. But with this particular issue, I did not respect him because of the fact that he posted this paragraph on Instagram. I commented on the photograph saying, you know that this is a one paragraph that you took from a three-page memo and you're misrepresenting the facts of the matter. And mm-hmm. It is not appropriate. And that's all I said. I later found out that my personal comment was deleted and then all further text messages or not text messages all other further comments on this particular post were prohibited oh so i was just like wow you call yourself a journalist you're mm-hmm. trying to promote information to the 
the public, which is in your duty. I mean, you're not held to the, to the standards of someone like myself, an attorney. You're held to whatever standards that you have as a journalist. But it's like, can you even consider yourself a journalist at this point? Because you're perpetuating this information. It's always solution. Right. It's always um, scandal. Clickbait. Yeah. It's always clickbait. And what we don't, like, that's cute in regular times, but this is a serious pandemic and a crisis. And I lost a little respect for him in that moment because it's like, I just tried to bring some light and some transparency to the issue. And then not only did you block me, but then you deleted my comment and blocked further comments. You blocked other yeah. people from having clarity on the issue. And that's mm-hmm. something I don't respect because, and, and honestly, I hold you in no different regard than, than the Trump people. It's dangerous. It yeah. is. A serious matter, and I expect more. And that's all I'm saying because this is not cool. Journalists should be held to a higher standard. I know that the bar has been lowered collectively with this president, but we still have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And yeah. I know what I said. Right. I know I was pissed last week with that shit. Yeah. So that post on the shade room right now it has over eighty-five thousand likes and over sixteen thousand comments. And it's not so. what it really was. And the fact that the commissioner had to take time out of her busy ass day to address a fucking meme and a yeah. is bullshit because she has other things that she needs to be doing. Because y'all out here wanting to get Instagram famous off a of fake ass, fraudulent ass host. It's bullshit. Yeah. It yeah. honestly is. And I know that the gays are here for stunts and shows, but now is not the time, sis. Now is not the time. Yeah. And I said what I said. So my, I say what I said for this week is kind of in the same vein. It's about um, the Rona and, you know, how people are obviously affected by it in a number of ways. Um, So you have the people who, you know, are um, coronavirus victims or they have the coronavirus or they, um, have been in contact with people who have it or you know that's you know the one the first level I think and you know if you contracted it if you unfortunately passed away from it or someone in your family did okay that's understandable Mm -hmm. that you know you are owed a level of sympathy in this moment but then what I'm noticing um more and more as this like self-quarantine and social distancing goes on is that anyone who's tangentially affected by it is they're like the main people posting and they're the main people who are effectively trying to garner some form of sympathy from it and from the people and so you know you have (laughs) people who you know someone contracted it or someone passed away from it they will post, oh my God, I follow her on Instagram. I'm so devastated right now. Or this is my Facebook friend. I never got a chance to meet so-and-so, but my heart is breaking right now. Right. And I'm like, mm, okay, but you don't know this person. Um, but what really upsets me, and you know, I know our healthcare professionals are on the front lines of this, and they're not adequately supplied with the mask, the personal protection equipment, you know, the gloves, you know, it's like, you know, and these are the people that are coming in contact with, you know, the people who 
you know, are potentially hazardous and they're trying to, you know, pre prevent the spread, but, you know, they're like right there in, in, um, on the front lines basically. And they're not adequate, adequately equipped with what they need. Um, but there, <laughs> there have been these like t Twitter posts and like, um, Instagram posts, just getting a lot of attention. And, but they say things like, my husband is a ER physician and he might, you know, come in contact with coronavirus. And I'm so distraught because he has to social distance and sleep in the pool house or sleep in the guest house or sleep in the apartment above the garage in order to, to not, you know, potentially um, infect the family. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, we understand what you're saying, but Otis, who sweep the floors at the hospital, is coming in contact with the people too, and he doesn't have a guest house right, or yeah. a pool house apartment. or an apartment over the garage that he can sleep in. He doesn't have a 6,000 square foot mansion that he can go to the West Wing and chill out away from everybody. And yeah, you know, it's understandable that, you know, your husband or your partner, your spouse, whoever came in, you know, is on the front lines. But think about, it just seems a bit tone deaf in this time to make it about you right. and make it about, and it's almost like a humble brag too, because I'm like, okay, girl, really? Like there are people who like Otis, he probably, you know, it's probably 10 people in, in his apartment. Because right. he can't afford what you have the luxury of affording. You know, he doesn't have all of these things that can keep him away from infecting his loved ones. So, you know, just think about that. And then also the nurses and doctors who are posting, oh, I just got off of a 16-hour shift and I'm so um, exhausted. You ain't that exhausted. <laughs> You're on Instagram. You know, if you're that exhausted, go take a nap. Don't come on Instagram to post and get some sympathy because you want people to know that you have a medical degree, you're working on the front lines, and you're trying to get picked up by CNN or or People Magazine. Right. right. It's just well, like, like you know, like people are clout chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Glory and it's just pandemic. yeah, and it's just like if you're that tired. Go take a nap because we what we need for you to be is mentally acute and able to handle whatever is coming next. We don't need you to get a bunch of likes on Instagram because that is not going to cure the Rona. And also, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say that. But huh? I know y'all are home with y'all kids right now, but those are your kids. And I know school is canceled, but you better figure something out <laughs> because I ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. Because you see the people who are complaining about their, their spouses and their children. It's yeah. like, isn't this the spouse you chose? Like, yeah. And I get that, like, there's a certain number of, like, annoyances that we all have with people that we live with. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that you're complaining and, like, having revelations about, like, who did I get with, that's mm -hmm. what you said. Like, yeah. you should like the person that you have chosen to Chose. life with. Yeah. And the Rona is bringing a lot of things to light. I'm going to say the that. Light. This is the reckoning. 
This is the rest of <laughs> so many ways. Another conversation a podcast for another day. Another day. But y'all need to get off Instagram and get back to work. And I said what I said. All right, y'all. Let's hop into the last and favorite segment of the show. It's time for tens. Tens, 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 tens across the board. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. My tens goes to Elizabeth Montague. Now, there are certain publications that I still do order in print. Yes, I am that history that walks around the New York Magazine tote bag that I got for doing a yearly subscription for twelve dollars. And I get that damn magazine every week, cartoon drawing. I actually collect them because I love them. You sure? I keep certain ones that are like my top ten or top twelve favorites. But I, I am a subscriber to New York Magazine, um, the New Yorker, not New York Magazine. Sorry, the New Yorker and the Atlantic. And the New Yorker is always known for their cartoons on the um, cover of the magazine and the cartoonists. Okay. And I was shocked and appalled to realize that the New Yorker has hired its first black cartoonist. This is shocking because it's a weekly publication. Yeah. And they don't really have photography within this publication. It's all cartoons. Like not only on the cover, but also within like the body or like mm-hmm. the, in the interior of the magazine. And her name is Elizabeth Montague, and she's the first Black cartoonist to be published in The New Yorker. And I just think that it's, it's shocking to me that that is the case. But there's, yeah. also, there's a certain style of cartoonists or cartoonism or drawing that goes into The New Yorker. But, and she does fit that, but I was just shocked to find that out. But I just wanted to highlight her, a Black woman during Women's History Month, because the Lord has taken it over. It's still, yeah. It's still Women's History Month. And Elizabeth Montague, you are the first black person to be featured in the New Yorker. And I wanted to give you your due. So tens, tens, tens to you. Tens, 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 girl. Yes. Go read, people. (laughs) (laughs) That's high, though. $12 is a weekly publication. And you get a bomb-ass tote to go to the bar store with when it's open. (laughs) That's the last story. So my tens for this week goes to my diva of choice. Mariah Carey is celebrating her 50th anniversary this Friday, March 27th. Oh, yes! (laughs) (laughs) And it is a monumental time. I know she probably had like a bomb party scheduled and planned, but I mean, we'll do it at another time. She'll be 50 all year. So um she is <laughs> she's tearing it up on social media mariah is like everything to me she's been my favorite inspiration for a long long time um and yeah i'm just really just it's a really special moment because like i think people don't really acknowledge um the impact that she's had on the on music industry on society um just Accolade after accolade, <laughs> the talent is amazing. Singer, but songwriter first. Um, she started out as a background singer for Brenda K. Starr, yeah. and you know people just say that um, her music is like the soundtrack of our lives, and just think you know just to have a career like the longevity, thirty years in the industry. It'll be thirty years this year. 
um, since her first CD came out. And like, I think every pivotal moment in my life, I can kind of tie back to one of her CDs or one of her songs. And it's just amazing to like think about. My all time favorite song is, it's a like a album cut on Daydream uh, CD and it's called I Am Free. If you've never heard it, go download it right now. But it's, um, it's this really like touching personal song about, you know, just overcoming whatever obstacle that you have to become a better person, basically. And I always say it was the song I wish, um, you know, you say like, oh, if, if there was something your older self could tell your younger self, you know, if you had the opportunity, that is like the message in that song is what I would I would tell myself. Yeah, it's you really. I love the line. She's my birthday. She's my airy sister. <laughs> yes, um, my yeah. birthday is the end, but you know there is a like a trifecta of birthdays leading up because it's um, Aretha, Diana Ross, and then Mariah all in a row. Mariah mm-hmm. and actually then Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's is too. Yeah. And somebody else. It's like five. It's five. I think Celine Dion as well. I think so. Yep. So, yeah. I will check. And but, then it, it, it ends with the, the awesomest song, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Uh-huh. But yeah, tens, tens, tens for her. Yeah. Really proud of her. Okay. Uh, so yeah, really proud of, of Mariah. 19 number ones the most of any solo recording artist in history and just happy and thankful that she's in everybody's life. And did you see her working out? Yes, and her Gucci and her, her, her jewels. Yeah, Gucci down, diamonds, gloves, and she had the lights off. Yes, and the gloves. Yeah, she's a mess, but I love her. Awesome. Well, thank you guys yeah. so much for joining us during the uh, Rona. The Rona. Keep your spirits up. Uh, focus on yourself. Stay positive and take all precautions. And stay the last at home. And ration your alcohol. Girl, it ain't gonna last that long. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. For See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>